now I can still live as if I'm single, quote unquote, right? So just be in the moment and express yourself sexually. Uh, well, welcome everybody to another episode of Girls Gone Deep, where we're go- we're going deep in more ways than one. Okay, we're talking sex, relationships, all the dirty details, and everything in between, and how it affects our personal growth. I'm V. I'm L. <laughs> and today we're actually picking up from our previous week's episode of ethical non-monogamy, open relationships, swinging, whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> You're in a non non-monogamous relationship, and so we were sharing some positive positives and um, just things that we learned about ourselves and how it's developed our relationships with our partners and all of that. And today we're going to dive a little bit more into that and talk about some other things like, um, I guess like the first thing we could really jump into here is how has it allowed you to live your most authentic life? Mm, My most authentic life. Um, First of all, do you have an answer for that? So How has it allowed me to live my most authentic life? I would say it has really poked at my strengths as a human and my insecurities uh, and really helped me see all sides of the spectrum of myself. I've been in so many different situations, um, different environments with different people and been doing it for eight years that I have been challenged in a lot of ways. So for me, I think I just know myself so much better than I ever did before. Mm. And for that, I am you know, making decisions more quicker. I know my likes and my dislikes. And even in my normal daily life, I just know who I am. And I've gotten to the point where I don't give a fuck what other people think of me because it doesn't matter because I'm the one that matters to myself and maybe my partner and just my intimate relationship. But I've really learned to not give a fuck about what other people think. And and I think that our society and how I, at least I grew up, I was always raised in well, don't do that because so-and-so is going to think this of you or you can't do that mm. or you have to do this because it's, the, you know, and it's like, no, I don't have to do that. I don't I don't need to do that because somebody else wants me to do it. Like I'm still respectful as a human, you know what I mean, and, and all that. But I was always bending over backwards and doing things I didn't want to do. And now I do. So I feel like now I'm living my more authentic self. It's so interesting because I met you so many years into Mm -hmm. your journey with this lifestyle. And so I only know you as this very authentic Mm -hmm. person, you know, someone who brings themselves very wholly to a situation. And I've thought from the very beginning that you are such a confident person, you know, I do know you better now. And so insecurities, yeah, less confident moments for sure. However, um, I think on the whole, you are someone who just, you're like, this is me, (laughs) take it or leave it, bitch. And then I do also want to say on, you know, just a purely Mm -hmm. sexual level, I think you are authentically able to be the (laughs) the (laughs) slut that you are, for lack of better words. Like, you are a very Mm -hmm. sexual human. You love to connect with Mm -hmm. people physically as well as mentally and emotionally, you know, that's one of the things that I first connected with you on. We just like had these really like awesome conversations. (laughs) And then, yeah. And then, you know, as the night progressed, it was like, yes, I want to take this further. And that naturally just like, it naturally felt, yes, that is a physical way. That's how I want to know Mm -hmm. this person more. And so I think that 
if I can speak for you or observe you and how you've been able to live most authentically, I think that you've been able to express yourself sexually in a way that you wouldn't be able to in a traditional Yeah, 100% marriage. nailed the head on the head, the nail, <laughs> whatever that's like. <laughs> the nail on the head. Hit the yeah. nail on the head. <laughs> oh, so perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, how would you respond to that question? How has it helped you live your authentic life? I think me too. I, I think I'm not as probably naturally sexual a person as I know you to be. Um, but I do think that I like I like living in the moment sexually. So like if I meet someone at a bar mm-hmm. or something and we're vibing and chatting, take you for instance, you know, in Cancun, we're vibing and chatting, we want to take it to the next level. If I was in a traditional relationship, you know, there would be a boundary there and we wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do that. So I think for me, it's just really being able to be authentic in the moment and yeah. living in the moment. hundred percent. Yeah. You're sense. totally present yeah. You and you can express yourself without judgment in some of these environments too, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if that comes naturally to me and to the other person in the moment, why would we kind yeah. of stifle that? And I actually heard that on another podcast talking about ENM because um, I, I t- listen to so many podcasts on ENM. I'm so <laughs> passionate about this. Um, but they said something like, why would I ever want to kind of hinder someone else's experience of life. Mm-hmm. We've all been in those experiences where we're on vacation and we'll never see this person again. You know, I think I was in um, Greece one time and I met this gorgeous man and I was never going to see him again. And we had a great fucking time. And at that point I was single. It was before I had found ethical non-monogamy. And Imagine if I had been in a traditional relationship. Yeah. And I have been in that situation before where I felt like, you know, I, I'm trying to think of specific instances and nothing's coming to mind right off the bat. But, you know, I, I, I've been – okay, I went to Italy the first time and I was still with my college boyfriend. And I met this Italian guy <laughs> in Sorrento. And yeah, you're like a my sausage. Never been. <laughs> si, mi viaje. <laughs> uh, oh, fun fact. Something that uh, V and L connected on the very first time is we both speak Italiano. Italiano. So I was in Sorrento after college and I met this guy. He worked at the hostel that I was staying at with my friend and I had a college boyfriend. And I remember spending many nights when I was on this trip on the phone with him. And I think this was back when you did like um, calling cards, you know, international calling cards. So, So I was calling him on the calling card and rather than being in the moment, number one, um, and number two, this guy, his name was Michele. I can say it because he <laughs> he'll never come back into yeah. my life. Um, but 
he was like, oh, you've never been on a Vespa before? Great. I'll take you on a ride. And like, if you've never been to Sorrento, like it's just these, you know, winding roads, like, you know, it's the Amalfi Coast. So Mm -hmm. just so picturesque and exactly what you think of when you think of going to Italy. And, um, so he took me on a, a, little ride on his Vespa. And it was so sexy and romantic, but there was just this block in my head and this boundary that I put up because I had this boyfriend back home. Whereas when I was in Greece and I was single, Mm -hmm. I was able to just live in that moment. And we were dancing and we started making out on the dance floor and like, just like touching. And it's so sexy. And now I can still live as if I'm single, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. So just be in the moment and express yourself sexually. Yeah. Long-winded story. No, but I love that because it's so freaking true. I mean, I have similar stories. Like we were – we were at a wedding. It was a vanilla friend's wedding earlier, two months ago. And we ended up bar hopping on the Sunday after the wedding and just kind of hanging out. We ended up finding this the people are on a bar crawl. I ended up hitting it off with this girl. We were, of course, we had a few drinks in and she was cute and kind of like attractive. And so we started talking and somehow I found out that she was a part of a thruple before in her past. And I was like, oh, well, this something's on the table here. Yeah. <laughs> and like I went up to my husband. I was like, you think she's cute? Like I can, we can bring this, we can bring her back to our room. Just give me the signal. If you're in, I'm in, I can make this happen. <laughs> so naturally started chit-chatting with her. She was interested in one of our guy friends who was single. And then we were able to pick her up and bring her back to our room. And the four of us went up and we had like same room play with our other vanilla friend, but we didn't play with each other, which was fine. But just those moments would have never happened so organically. And it was an amazing experience. And I still talk to her today and we're still friends and she still wants to hang out again. So it's just like, that's cool. We just picked up somebody on the street, had a great friend, friendly connection that turned sexual and it was still fun. Yep. So living authentically in the moment is the most amazing, sexy, fun thing that you could do. Right? Yeah. How, how fun is it to get picked up at a bar, you know, and then go home with somebody? Hundred percent, and well, even in a bar, but anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, literally anywhere. Um, and one more thing I wanted to say about this is, I think that our partners appreciate these authentic parts of ourselves. Because uh-huh. I was thinking of, so M said to you before you guys got married, he was like, "If you're going to, uh, I don't know, f- figure out what you want." Mm-hmm. You better do it before we get married. Yeah. Which is what led to your first threesome, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And if he hadn't had that mentality and really kind of like just accepted you as you are and like that you are a curious human being that like wants to explore all things, then he wouldn't be the right partner for you. Mm-hmm. And likewise, Jay. Early on in um, our relationship, when I started to get like deeper feelings for him, mm-hmm. I actually brought up the idea of closing our relationship until I kind of got my shit together about yeah. him. Like basically my feelings of jealousy um, until I could calm them, essentially. I was like, can we close this? And he was he was very thoughtful about it, and, but he was like, you know what? I don't think that's really truly what you want. And not trying to like coerce me, but he he was like, hear me out. 
you are someone who loves to live in the moment and you Mm -hmm. love to go to bars, like we're saying right now, Mm -hmm. you know, you love to go to bars, you love to go home with people and just meet people in that way. And I don't want to take that away from you. You know, let's just deal with the discomfort that comes up if it comes up. And when it comes up. Yeah, right. Yeah, because it does. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Um, But how beautiful for him to see that and acknowledge you as a person and see you and Mm -hmm. your happiness and joy come out of these moments. You know, that's that's truly amazing. And it's what I think the whole world should hope for in their partner, which is, you know, they they could be seen fully and be understood. So that's beautiful. Mm. We lucky (laughs) ladies. We lucky ladies. So is there anything that you wish you could tell yourself when you first started out? So you've been in it for what, two years? I'm eight years. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's still, it's still early on for you, but any advice you would give to your two years ago self? Be patient. Okay. And I think very specifically about finding a primary partner mm. because – I think that when I started out, I kept telling myself like, oh yeah, I love dating and playing the field and I'm fine. I don't need anybody, but I love having a primary partner. I love having a relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think we both kind of touched on this in the last conversation we had about E&M. It's nice. It's nice to have that partner in crime in life and in this lifestyle. Um, so I think be patient. I think I was trying to fit a lot of square pegs into round holes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is yeah, fit, literally. fitting a lot of pegs into holes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let me ask you this too, cause this is a little bit off topic, but when you were dating other guys, did you have a prerequisite that they needed to also be in the lifestyle or be open to this kind of thing? Or was this uncovered with your relationship with Jay? No. I certainly dated people. Um, I, I, I mostly used Field to find people. Okay, and, which, is a, which for most people don't know, it's an app for people who are in these types of relationships. Mm-hmm, and and non-traditional dating. Yeah. Um, yeah. And very sex positive. Yes. So – the people that I found ran the gamut. Some people were more traditional and monogamous, but were just into very kinky things. Um, mm-hmm. And I found that they were not for me because I was like, listen, if if you aren't interested in, you know, playing with other people, even just together, because I think I would also be open to that, you know, if Jay and I didn't work out in the long run, like, or if our relationship even evolved into, you know what? We don't have the capacity to see other people outside of each other. Let's just fuck other people with ourselves. Like that would be fine with me. Um, Mm -hmm. but just having that on the table of like being able to fuck other people in whatever capacity is very important to me. So, uh, Mm -hmm. the people that I did find were from field and they had to be kind of either open to the lifestyle or in the lifestyle, yes. Okay, interesting. Well, I asked because I had a friend in the lifestyle who was dating, but she was finding people in the vanilla world. So she found it extremely difficult to find a vanilla person, talk about what she does, and then 
they are not receptive immediately. They get jealous. They don't understand it. Mm. They don't agree with it. And it's gotten to the point where we actually lost a friend in our group because she ghosted us because that relationship got so serious and she didn't want to mess it up. Like, because she just like, he was not want- in the lifestyle. Exactly. Not in the lifestyle, not interested in getting into it. And I think it made him uncomfortable. And she was really searching for a long time for this primary relationship. And she finally saw this. She has a really good connection with him. And she's like, I don't want to fuck this up. So guess what, guys? See you later. And she ghosted us all. And it was just like really hard to digest for all of us. But Mm. that makes so much sense for you. The way that you did it was you were already dating people who were interested in this stuff, which was a much better way to do it, in my opinion, now that I'm reflecting on all of this right now. Yeah, me too. And I think, so Jay, he's on all the apps and he has met you know, women that are more traditional and maybe open because I I think that he has on all of his uh, profiles ENM. So I think people ask about that, but they might think that they're open, but through the conversation, he'll like tell me afterwards, he'll be like, yeah, I think she's really looking for love and a primary. And, you know, when I brought you up, she was like, oh yeah, cool. But you could, you can kind of tell. And yeah. to that point, I think it's interesting what I would tell my, myself two years ago, I was that girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I was like, oh cool. You have a primary. Tell me about her. Oh, what a bitch. Like inside <laughs> my head, I didn't think I was jealous and I thought I was open, but looking back, oh my God, I was I was on my journey. I was yeah. on my journey. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> of course. So I think I think it's easier and probably more ethical to you can try to date people who are in the vanilla world, but ethically you should tell them that mm-hmm. you are not interested in kind of changing. Um and that if you're like us, have a primary partner. Yeah. Um but otherwise just kind of date from your pool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. If you're, if, if I was a full on lesbian, I wouldn't go on hinge and try to date straight girls and turn them into lesbians. (laughs) Right? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect analogy. I don't know if that was like way out of left field and I shouldn't have said that, but I feel like that's... (laughs) No, that was perfect. It's so true though. It's exactly right. So... Okay. So what about you? Would you tell yourself something uh, eight years ago? I think I would tell myself to just ask the question, right? And what that means is in the moment when we're in sexual situations or we're in play, we always in our heads are like, should we do that? Do you think that they would like that? Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe, uh, Mm. and you just kind of like question what should you do next? Or is that other person okay with this? And we're playing this like this retarded game with ourselves that we can't (laughs) figure out the answer because the only way to find out the answer is to ask the person, you know, like, Hey, is this okay? Can I touch you here? Would you like it if I did that? Or do you want it harder? Do you like it this way? So Mm. for me, it was about, you know, being a little bit more verbal in uncomfortable situations and just asking the question, whether it's sexual or non-sexual, just ask the fucking question, get out of your head and just figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know? So that's something I would tell myself. I think we even touched on that in person the last time we were together and I forget what the context was. No, we our, one of our last podcast episodes we chatted about it because you were 
in play with a girl and you went to go give the other guy a blowjob and he and she almost like hesitated and instead of letting you come in she came in to kiss mm, you so and, just ask the question yeah and you probably were like oh my god she probably didn't want me to do that like and you started going through all these questions like i don't know if she was okay with it i wasn't sure and then this happened and i was yeah. like on that moment just ask hey can i suck his dick or can i share this with you you know 100 percent. oh i yeah. love that yeah just ask the question <laughs> I find that I give that advice out a lot. Just ask the question. Ooh, yep. I like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So so let's like switch a little bit gears. Like what would you say some of the negatives are, right? Because it's not always peaches and cream. So what would you say are some of the worst experiences maybe that you had or just um, some of the negative feelings that have come up for you during this process or if you've seen other situations gone south? Um. Can we take a look at some of the responses uh, yeah. that we got off social media? Yeah. So, yep. So, we, so I did pull some social media people, right? So, this was, um, so what were some of the bumps and roadblocks that you worked through? That was the question that we asked. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one person said, well, one, two, you know, there's a couple here that say jealousy. Mm. That's like a, Okay, so that's number one. I think we can both like talk about that. Yeah, there's always a little bit of jealousy, you know. (laughs) Wait, only a little bit because I seriously in the beginning, like I have jealousy workbooks. I have – Oh, yeah. It's, oh, I think it's literally called The Jealousy Workbook. Um, I'm going to fact check myself, but uh-huh. just if anyone is interested, it saved my life. Um, wow. When I was spiraling out, um, mm. Amazon, The Jealousy Workbook. So um, that was a huge roadblock for me in the beginning. So you experienced this with your current partner, Jay, and or just everybody that you had been Everybody. With. And I think it's because, you know, I was looking for something that I have now found with Jay, which is beautiful, but I didn't know that this is what I was looking for. So if you could describe that in words, what is that? Mm-hmm. What is it that you have now? Um, that, security. That, that eliminated- A sense okay, of so security. security. Even though mm-hmm. I did tell you- you know, in another conversation that, you know, I, I, I don't fully believe in security. So I do have a level of uh, detachment, mm. you know, but on the whole, I feel very secure in this relationship. I think for the foreseeable future, if anything crazy happens, like we're in this together, like we're both mm. super, super into each other, super into this, making this work. So it's a level of security. And yep. when you don't have that, jealousy can really, really flare up. And jealousy is awful. And mm-hmm. what I worked through is it is a fear-based emotion. So what is fear? Like, what are you afraid of? What is the fear here? So just getting curious, digging deeper, mm-hmm. taking a bubble bath, doing self-care, <laughs> writing have in your have a glass of wine. Not too many though, because that can be very That's- destructive. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, have, you know, an edible, but not too big of an edible because I've also gone in spirals there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Put away the phone. Don't text the person when you're jealous, when they're on the date, you know, go to your jealousy workbook or your journal and just go to your meditations, Mm -hmm. turn to those things and do the work. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, jealousy, Fear-based yeah, there's emotion. a lot of I was afraid of being left. 
Right. So you had a fear of abandonment, that kind of fear of abandonment, not being good enough to stick around for not being Mm -hmm. as good as the person that they're with. Um, Yeah. So some things are kind of underneath that, which is like a little bit of self-love, a little bit of insecurity, right? That's what I see often too is insecurity. That's how it's that, am I good enough kind of thing? So very similar to what you're talking about. Um, and that's where that self-love comes in. And that's the things that I've developed in this as well. So I agree with you, my sense of being successful in this and um, is that sense of security in the relationship that eliminated any jealousy or fear. So I could say, honestly, throughout our entire time through our lifestyle experiences, I've very, very, I can probably count on one hand if I've ever even been jealous um, of my husband in any of these experiences. I'm very, very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. that's so, so from the very beginning, you never really experienced it. No, like it is, it's literally been like a smooth sail, like nothing has really rocked the boat. And any situations that maybe have, they were very minor and they weren't earth shattering. And we were, so we're still like smooth sailing through all of this. So I don't know how it's possible because when I talk to other people, there's always bumps, there's always issues, there's always fights. And I'm like, I can't, I can't really like resonate with you. <laughs> I, I can't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I'm going to help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be a shoulder like, to cry on, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. You have the opposite. So now yeah. would you say that jealousy, so is, has it been eliminated from your, from your issues currently? Uh, yeah, but on the whole, um, again, I think that if, if those ideas flare up, they, they flare up with new people where it's like, Oh no, is this going to be the person that steals you from me? Quote unquote, steals you from me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right underneath your nose. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Cause you're not mine. And so I, I don't, I don't know if I even like those words of steal you from me, but you get what I'm saying. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, so it, there might be a little bit of a flare up of those old thoughts, but then I recognize them very quickly. And because I've done the work so many times, I can kind of talk myself out of it very quickly. Yeah. Cause I have those little nuggets of, you know, he's not yours. Number one. Um, Mm. and that's okay. Number two, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you will be okay if worst case scenario she does, she is quote unquote better than you in some ways, and he decides not to be with you. He would have mm-hmm. been with you. He would have left you in some capacity at some point anyway. Whether, right, whether you're married or not, or locked any of that. Exactly, still, he'll, he'd still leave you. And that's kind of right. like and a I, very depressing way to think of it, but that's what gets me through it. I'm like, you know what? You're you're on your own, kid. You're and that's right. great. You you're yeah, good but you're, it's you. like you're partners with your own little in, level of independence too. And then I also want to almost be like a little pep talk cheerleader for you and say that no one's ever better. Mm. They're just different, and 100%. it's not better or worse. They just they just satisfy something different in somebody else. Absolutely, and yeah. So and I do believe that, and I you know I I also feel that. And I also know, yeah, we love each other and what we've got is, is strong. So pretty so it would, yeah, 100%. it would take something really, really, I don't know what it would take to also yeah. for me. Let's not think about yeah. what it would take. It's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Okay. 
But but to just kind of like you're not alone in this, but there's other people here on some of the other polls here that people responded to said, you know, I've always been self-conscious about my body. I'm close to being over that. Mm. Right. So there's that self-love, that self-consciousness. Mm. And then um another one um said two other people here said discussing boundaries was difficult. Ooh. So speaking up, this is the communication piece that we talk about. So one, it's actually being able to identify your boundaries. And two, I have to really share that I didn't understand boundaries for a long time. I actually Ooh. was very confused by boundaries because I knew it was uh, like they always say you can't control other people. You can only control yourself, right? So that's what you need to focus on. So, but then when I heard of boundaries, when I saw other people using it, they would say, well, when you do this, I get upset. So don't do that. Mm. So you're, you're still controlling the other person. That's not the effective use of a boundary. Mm. I recently read a post that um, basically said that boundaries are not what you, the other person needs to do in any situation. It's what you yourself does in response to a situation. Mm. So as like a vanilla example. So say, for example, it is my work day. During the day, my mother calls me. Every time my mother calls me, I am triggered. For some reason, I get upset. I get agitated. It starts to irritate me. It just shifts the rest of the energy after the phone call ends, and I have to get back to work. I have to get this project done. So I can't say to my mother, mom, don't call me while I'm working. Mm -hmm. Right? That's not – she's not – she's just being your mother. Like she just wants to talk to you. You're her <laughs> child, you know? <laughs> So instead you say, okay, well, if my mother calls me during the workday, either A, I'm not going to pick up mm -hmm. the phone or B, I'm going to pick up the phone and say, hey, mom, I'm really busy at work right now. Can I call you after mm -hmm. work? And it's just how do you respond to the situation so that you are in a better state and you're not triggered and you're comfortable mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I thought that was huge when I understood that better because I always saw people using it as a form of control for their other partner. And it made me upset to see that because I'm like, that's not fair. You can't tell somebody else what to do. <laughs> so what are some boundaries that you and M have that you kind of abide by or – yeah? So we we really don't have any at this point. Like it has been really free flowing. I would say that like in the beginning we had boundaries where it was like you can't make out with the other person. Like in the very very beginning, mm -hmm. and that's like ridiculous. <laughs> Kissing is one of the most one of my favorite ways to communicate with somebody without using words. Yeah. And um, another one was we never played separately. We always played together or in the same mm -hmm. room, and then. One time we were in, in Jamaica, we were at Hedonism, we were with another couple, they were our neighbors, we had been connecting all week, and all of a sudden, the female just started taking my husband out of the room, and I was like, where, where are you going? And she's like, we're going to go next door. And I was like, well, and I looked at her husband who was sitting next to me, and I was like, well, what are we going to do? And she was like, you're going to stay here. And I looked at my husband, and we made eye contact, and like, basically, we're like, it, almost like non-verbally saying, is this okay? And we both gave each other a nod. Yes, this is okay. And we went our separate ways. And uh, it was the first time we played separately, but it was just, it's those moments when it just happens organically and you're both feeling it and everything's vibing that that's when you push your boundaries and you break it. And ever since then, we've never had an issue about playing separately. Well, and I think that's a beautiful example of using the word boundaries rather than rules because rules can be broken, but boundaries can be pushed, which is just a exactly. much more beautiful and flexible way to look at things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that 
yeah, that's, I'm so happy that you guys had that experience and it just shows how connected you guys are. You guys. Yeah. We just vibe it. I just want to vomit all over it. (laughs) So do you guys, do you and Jay have any boundaries? Um, just like the quote unquote (laughs) normal ones. Um, so we, always use protection with other partners. Yeah. So that's like a physical boundary between other people. But other than that, yeah, I'm trying to think in the beginning, I had my own personal boundaries, which this is so laughable talking about this now. I'm I'm going to love sharing this with you. So in the beginning, when I was dating people, this is before Jay, um, I would withhold blowjobs because they were more intimate than sex. So if someone, Ah. until I felt more comfortable with someone, I was like, nope, that's my boundary. (laughs) And this is like like the the ugly way of using the word boundary. Like I'm I'm misusing it right now (laughs) because I think of boundaries as very healthy things. But like I would be like, no, I'm not giving head to anybody. Like who's not, you know, kind of not my boyfriend, but like showing me some kind of mm, commitment beyond a date or two, you know? Yeah, I get yeah. that. And that was your boundary to feel comfortable. I would and fuck them on them. the I mean, first date. That's a, I <laughs> what? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I, it was. It's so funny to look back on, but I was like, no, giving head takes more effort. <laughs> And my head is fucking fabulous and you don't deserve it yet. That's what like went through my head. Oh my God. So funny. Oh man. You're an interesting one. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting. So that's a good boundary to have. It's healthy. You respected yourself and your own desires in that. Yeah. And I had, I've dated some people who they said, you know, they don't sleep over people's houses. Like they, they always Mm -hmm. go home to their partner. Um, and Jay and I don't have that, but I would say it's not a boundary. It's just, you know, something that we do to, to make both of us feel better is we call each other at the, not feel better. That's not the way to say it. Mm. Uh, check in. It's just a check in. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So, I'm thinking yeah, of you. I'm thinking hey. of you. Here's what happened tonight. Um, you're on my mind before I go to sleep. You know, way to reconnect. That's kind of like what my husband and I try to do. Yeah, it's just a way to reconnect after you've been intimate or connected with somebody else. You just come back to the primary. So the yeah, boundary so is don't not reconnect. <laughs> <laughs> don't not reconnect. <laughs> so I found this post, and this is what inspired me. So okay. I'm going to go through it to explain. Okay, so here are some examples of boundaries that aren't actual boundaries. So not a boundary. You can't email me on weekends. A proper boundary. If you email me on the weekend, I will not respond until Monday. Mm, Okay. mm. Not a boundary. You can't talk to me like that. A proper boundary. If you talk to me like that, I will hang up the phone. Yes. A proper boundary. I would like you to do the specific things for me. And if you don't, that's okay. But I will not invest more time to this Mm. relationship. Right? So respecting yourself in that. Um, not a boundary. You need to show up on time. A proper boundary. If you are late, I will not wait for you. 
And then, so here's the summary. Boundaries are not mandates for other people to follow. Boundaries are not demands. Boundaries are not expectations. Boundaries are not ultimatums. Boundaries are not idle threats. A boundary is a particular course of action that you take to take care of yourself when a particular set of circumstances arises. That's it. It's about what you do not about what they do. So so those are some negatives that have come out of, or not negatives, but roadblocks <clears throat> that have come out of it. And I think you started this by saying like, do you know anyone who has had like a negative experience or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any stories? Yeah. So I mean, I have, I have two different things that come up. So as a being a part of this, obviously sharing with others, I have seen three relationships that I thought were extremely solid. And one was married for 20 years and, you know, three kids, you know, older. Um, the other couple too, married for 11 years with a kid, everything. And I just thought that their relationships were so solid and now they're separated and they've ended their relationships and they've moved on. And that's okay. Things happen, things change. But what I found a commonality in both of those relationships, that pretty, and actually the third one, which didn't end up ending, um, they actually were able to work it out. But three relationships I saw get rocked. And it was because each of them were playing separately with another partner and having a separate relationship with them and not sharing the details with the primary partner. So it was mm-hmm. a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes and the primary partner didn't know. And then it starts to create distrust and then there's resentment and then just a whole spiral of events of basically lack of trust. Once you lose trust, it's really hard to get back. Yes. Um, you know, and so um, – that, so the ethical part came out of the ethical non-monogamy, right? Well, just what is, is it? that? I'm just go more into that. What do you mean by well, that? Well, I think I think part of the ethical part is being fully transparent with your partner, hundred yeah, about who you're seeing, how much you're seeing them, what you're doing when you're seeing them, how like, often you're talking to them, are you you know conversations every day, that kind of thing, and 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 it was the. The par- couples didn't want to know. They were like, I don't want to know about the other relationship. And they were okay with it when it was happening, but I think it just ultimately led to their demise because mm. then that's when feelings changed, trust changed, all of that stuff. So it's very interesting. So that rocked the boat for me. And that was where I actually had a conversation with M to say, like, I'm not interested in having, I like, our friends with benefits. I like having outside people that I communicate with or if I go play single with somebody, but I'm not looking to almost date somebody on the regular, kind of like a polyamorous Mm -hmm. type relationship. That's not what I'm interested in. I just want to be able to hang out when we hang out and fuck when we fuck and there's no expectation that, you know, I'm not super emotionally connected, but I still want emotion if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but without going too much further. Yes, I agree. So like friendship, it it is a fine line with, you know, what we do and how close we get with the people that we are intimate with. Um, But I think if you, if you really work at the relationship, your primary relationship, I think it's, it's doable. And now that you're saying this, I am thinking of a friend of a friend. So one of my play partners here in the city, his best friend, um, is married. Um, and I think that they kind of like went through a rough patch and he, you know, to your point last time you were talking about, um, 
you should move at the pace of the slowest partner. Yes. Did I say that right? Correct. Yep. So I think she didn't want to do as much as he wanted to do with other people. And that's fine. She said, go have your fun. But I think it sounded like he ended up having more fun than she, number one, anticipated and number two, ended up knowing about. Like he was like, ooh, this this is really fun and I don't think she'll like this, so I'm going to do more behind her back, mm, essentially. Yeah. And he wasn't fully open with her. And mm-hmm. so, you know, she she, I think, ended up finding out. This is all hearsay. But, you know, and that really, again, it just it broke the trust in the yep. relationship. And once that's broken, it's really hard to come back from. Yeah. So, so I think the moral of the story is transparency has to be there. And I think that – not that you should have to know everything that your partner's doing all the time, but I think it's healthy to be curious and to want to hear about it and to be turn, maybe turned on by it too maybe, but some people mm-hmm. aren't um, and that's okay. But just still being in the know. And then saying – so I'm thinking of if – Hold on. I'm formulating my thought here. Um, if the partners are not on the same page, one person wants to play more than the other person. So the person who's playing more is going out, dating, fucking great. And they start thinking like, oh, I like this person. Like, I'm responding to this person a little bit more than I'm responding to my own partner. I think the communication piece in what we have all agreed to in this lifestyle, again, quote unquote, if you're doing it right, in my opinion, um, you know, we're all agreeing to really openly communicating. And so if I'm that, that partner that wants to play more and I'm starting to feel not as connected, it's kind of my job to kind of bring that really tough conversation to my partner, hopefully before it gets beyond being salvaged, Mm -hmm. but just saying like, Hey, when I'm with Alexandra, I really feel alive in a way that I haven't in a while. And I don't know why that is. And it's almost scaring me Mm -hmm. because I love what we have, but lately, you know, it feels like maybe we're not on the same page. Whatever the conversation is, that's a hard conversation to have, but we need to do it and commit to it. (laughs) From the other side, it's that person saying, you've been spending a lot more time away or you're doing this. I'm feeling this way. Can we have a conversation about it? That's almost a form of self-love. Like you deserve, if you're feeling a certain way talk about it, share that. Let's communicate about that. So it's on both sides of the story. So it's, it's so easy to say that now, but when you're, you know, you're so clouded, like in hindsight, I should have, could have, would have thing. So I am really hopeful that by being transparent about, um, those, I don't want to say eventualities, uh, possibilities, possibilities happening. Um, I, hope that Jay and I will approach it in that way if that ever comes about. If either of us are ever feeling it, feeling that way, I would really, really hope that we would 
treat it that way and just be curious about our feelings. Yeah. And I think that you, I just can tell already you are that kind of person and you will. And, and so that's already like, it's hard to hurt someone though. It's, but that's a, it's not that you want to hurt. Um, I don't know. I always, you can't control other people's feelings, right? Mm. You have to, and that's kind of like, I come back to that a lot. I know I don't want to hurt people and I wouldn't want to do that intentionally, but at the same time, I think you'd still have to honor yourself and you can only control your own feelings. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's another big learning thing too, is like in this whole lifestyle is what you just said, you know, you you can't control someone else's feelings. You're not responsible for someone else's happiness. All you are in control of is you and you can Mm -hmm. kind of like pose questions, even if Mm -hmm. it's, Hey, want to fuck? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what they say, maybe it's a no or maybe yeah. it's a not right now. And you know what? Maybe that's they'll okay. want to later. And if they don't want to later too, that's okay. That's exactly. Okay. There's more so. fish in the sea. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Well, that's a, that was good. So some summaries from this episode here. I think it's just uh, be honest, communicate, speak up. Mm. Jealousy is okay. You just got to dive deeper into yourself to figure out where that's coming from and why. And mm. Anything else that you want to add to that? No. Uh, this was another soul-enriching uh, <laughs> conversation as, as usual. Yeah. <laughs> always, always. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Girls Gone Deep. You can find us on Instagram at Girls Gone Deep Podcast. And our email address is girlsgonedeep at gmail.com. So send us your comments, your questions, anything you want to add. We'd love to hear from you guys because – Part of this conversation today was hearing from our listeners mm. and what people thought. So please tune in. And then also a thankful thanks to our Horrible Life, which is a card game of Have You Ever All Things Sex and Kink. Bring it to your boring bridal shower. Bring it to a girl's <laughs> night out. <laughs> Whenever yeah. the conversation goes dead, you throw out a fun card. It's a really fun, sexy game to play to get the sexy combo going. So. Bring it to Thanksgiving with your family. <laughs> Bring it to the next baby shower you go yeah. to. You really spice things up. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.